0: Great to have the crowd here tonight and the sacredness of the holiday, the Christmas miracle of the Incarnation. So in our service we'll have a message offering, um, music, children coming up on the stage singing Christmas carols and lighting our candles and thinking about our Savior, what God has done in giving us Christ. The text I want to read tonight is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 to verse 25. Long text. Before I start, I want to say that we we had a great service this morning and thank God for for the satellite churches, affiliated churches in the area and also around the world where we have the same spirit, same message, and same purpose, recognizing what God has done for us and giving us his son who is God a few repetitive or to repeat a few things this morning first of all god is one but he's also three and that he's a father when did he start to become father always was father always the father the father of our lord jesus christ before time in eternity this is a great message for us that God is our father. How did that happen? But by the new birth by Christ coming into the world and reconciling us to God. So our concept of God is he is humble. He is approachable. He is vulnerable. When he came as a babe in Bethlehem, this baby was God, the creator. The text that you should be familiar with is Colossians 1, 15 to 20, where we have seven characteristics of Jesus Christ that are important to us. That unquestionably, without question, no doubt, there is no no discussion on it. It is truly remarkable that Jesus Christ is God. And when he was a baby as a human being, he was 100% a human being and 100% God. Who died on the cross? God. But how could God die? God can't die. He did. How could that happen? I don't know. God died for us to take our sins away. Who saved us? God. But God, God as a man died. He sweat blood. He suffered. He he groaned. He cried out. He died for us. God died for us. And was raised. And when he was raised, it was the first time in history when a dead human being is raised, but not resuscitated, but raised with a glorified state, a man without sin, a man who is God, came into the world to get us. Here's a big one. This is a big, listen to this. You, many of you don't know this, but he came into the world to get a bride. A bride. What's a bride? At first, we read in the Bible as Eve, Adam, and Eve. And the Lord said, It's not good for man to be alone. And he put him to sleep, and out of his side came Eve, out of the side of, of Adam. And in the mystery of Ephesians chapter 5, the church is the bride. And out of Christ came us. These are mysteries. These are wonderful realities. They are incontrovertible. They cannot be changed in any way. They are remarkable. I would like you sometime... This year, I mean, during the coming year, read as a habit, Revelations chapters 20 and 21 and 22. What are those chapters about? Revelation 20, 21, 22. What are they about? Heaven, the city, the new Jerusalem. How many foundations, how many... Uh, The gates are there to the city and how tall are the gates or the wall of the city of the new Jerusalem and how big is the city and is that city exists today why do I encourage you to read it because it'll get in you and when you read the word and it goes in your spirit you start to believe it and you're not afraid to die you're excited about going to heaven Guys, turn to your neighbor and just say, you're going one day. It might be this year. Okay. I am so excited about our normal church life. I'm so excited about hunger for Christ. I'm excited about for the spirit to move in our hearts. Some, a woman, I don't know her at all. She's been here twice. Met me at the door this morning. And she's just staring at me. She is staring at me. And she said, I want you to know. I've been coming here, I've just come here twice, I think she was twice. And she said, I want you to know, my life has changed. And she's like 60 years old, maybe. She said, my life has changed. I go, How? what do you mean? She goes, I love Jesus. Jesus is, I don't understand it. It's never happened to me before. But Jesus is real to me. I am so excited about it. I am so excited. It was amazing. And I'm like, like, oh, that's incredible. It, it, it's not about, it's not about necessarily. It's about her and and us, but it's more. It's like what we are believing is real, and what we are, what we are embracing in our hearts, and it's a, it's a way of life for us. Let's make a few points here. Luke 2, seven, when Christ was born, he was born in a cave. And we explained this morning that if you took the top off the cave so you could look down inside, it's kind of like this, and there's an opening to the cave. And the animals, the donkeys, sheep, and other animals are here in the back of the cave. The front part here is where people people could be. Because of the heat that comes from the animals, and because of the smell and all of the other things, it just was it was just reasonable to live here. This is where Jesus was born. It's called the manger. It was that part, that place where where the the entryway and the place where uh, people could could be and sleep and so on. And Jesus Christ was born in such a place. And what's the meaning of it? Well Luke two seven says there wasn't any place for him in an inn. But there was a place for him. And it was here. And that's like us. We we are people that welcome him into our miserable hearts, into our wrecked lives, into our, our sinful life. We are people that are saying, the world will not receive you, but I will. But I accept you. I believe you. I want you in my life. If you hold the universe together, then what about when my life is falling apart? Maybe it's falling apart because he's not in it, and I need him in my life. Notice also, Jesus is not welcome in certain conversations. Jesus is not welcome in certain circles. He is not welcome maybe in your house or your marriage, or your car, or your basement of your house, or your vacation time, or your bank account. Jesus is not welcome in so many parts of society. He's not welcome in the conversation. Is he welcome in the NFL? Is he welcome in the White House? Is he welcome in the mayor's mayor's office? Is he welcome at the university? Is he welcome at the graduation, at the inauguration? Is he welcome at the high school graduation? Is he welcome at the college campus? Is he welcome in the professor's lecture? Is Jesus welcome? And the answer is, no, not much. If he is, make sure he's tame. Make sure you tone it down. Make sure you dial it back. I don't mind we talking about God, but don't get serious about it. Do not get serious about it. But this is our joy. Because it is so radical that God would come into this world and fight a good fight. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get to read the text, but. I got to say one more thing. Yeah. You know we said in the morning message, you know how you have fights but they're kind of artificial. Like one of them is the fencing, you know, in Europe, in Hungary they're good at it and they have a a a foil and they now have like electronic tip and you have it, and they 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 grade you and you 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 do your fencing in a competition. Uh, there are games played. They're not serious. It's just a game, of course. But sometimes there's a real fight, a real fight, and it's serious. You fight for your life. And I was I don't I haven't seen one of those. But I can imagine you're in the woods, there's a wolf, and the wolf is tracking you, and you have a fight for your life. It's serious. Wow. Huh? A real fight. A real fight to the death. Either he dies or you die. Okay? That's radical. All right, now. I don't know. It's got to be that when God came into this world, he is very, very serious about it. There's a huge fight between God and evil. And he came with such humility and another kind of wisdom and so much patience and he fought a fight for your soul and mind, And he won. He won. But when we study his life, we're drawn to it. I want it serious. I want it to be serious. I heard this story about this person who had a strange disease and went to see the doctor with a friend, and the friend took the person to the doctor, and the doctor knew about the disease, studied it, and then he said, and I don't think this is really true, but maybe somebody made it up, but the principle is good. The doctor said, I can cure you of your disease 100% for the rest of your life, only you can't eat chocolate. And the person with the disease is so happy about it. Really? Really? I can, You can heal me? I just don't have to eat chocolate? And the person is so happy. And then he turns to his friend and says, what, what do you think? And he goes, oh, no chocolate? No, not going to happen. And they, the preacher sharing it said, This is like when you come to God and God says, I give you my son and you have my son in your life. And this is what it means. Pleroma, abundance, joy, life, peace. There are some things you lose. But what you lose cannot even be compared to what you gain. And you go, I'll take it. I'll take it. What what do you have for me? I'll take it. You know, there are some people I have met in my life and they're like this. No chocolate? (laughs) Not going to. No. I'd rather die than not eat chocolate. What? What? If God gave us the greatest gift that we could ever imagine and made a way for us, and that we can follow him and know him and have the fullness of the Godhead and live a life and live forever and glorify God and have a relationship with the almighty God... And yet, you know, I can't have my little game over here. Yeah, no game. Like find Jesus, have Jesus in your life. And if you have Jesus in your life, then you actually have everything. He holds your life together. He gives you the peace, the joy, the power, the love, the purpose. You need him. But the world says there's no room. We have no room for him. He's going to take away our chocolate. (laughs) Now, we don't want him. Don't talk about it. And stay away from me. And don't talk about that. Don't take, I don't want it. That's the human heart. But I want to say to you, some folks visiting here tonight, thank you so much for coming. But I want to say, you may not see it, but it's the most incredible gift And we have not yet seen what we shall be. But when we see him, we will be like him. Because he came for that. Huh? All right, let's close. Look at chapter 10, verse 5. Once when he entered into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired but instead you have made ready a body for me. This is Christ speaking to the Father. You, Father, didn't care about the sacrifices of sheep and goats and blood sacrifices of animals and offerings of uh, drinks and um, grains, but you prepared a body for me. In, in verse 7, then I said, Behold, here I am, coming to do your will, O God, what is written of me in the volume of the book. When Jesus came, he came fulfilling the volume of the book, which is the Bible. All of the prophets, that all of the writings, he came and fulfilled them. There, by the way, there's no religion like this one. Nothing comes close. There isn't any. You study it and learn it. It's incredible. Verse 8. When he had said, Just before you have neither desired nor have you taken delight in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, all of which are offered according to the law, he then went on to say, Behold, I am coming to do your will. Thus, he does away with and annuls the first order. This is the amplified, so that he might inaugurate and establish the second order, like the law. And that that order, that's fine. That's like a Barbie doll doll, like little playhouse. You know, you have a Barbie doll playhouse, a little barbecue grill, a little car, and who's the guy? Ken. Ken, Ken is there. And the little house and the little dog and the little furniture and everything. That's good. That's okay. But that's not the reality. The rea- reality is over there in Rosedale. The reality of a house and of a family. The reality. But that's a good picture. And so the Jewish law was a picture. And the tabernacle and the priesthood and the sacrifices of that which was coming and the Messiah, who is God, is born in a manger and worshiped by poor shepherds and great kings, and by Simeon and Anna, and Joseph and Mary. A small group of eight different groups, eight different ones. In society, like Jesus is everywhere in society. And people are finding him. Find him. Trust him. Walk with him. He is for you. There's a new order. New order. Not law, but grace. Creativity, freedom, joy. There's a new order. There's worship. There's faith. There's something radical about us about forgiving, about loving, about giving, about serving. There's something radical about us because Christ is in us. Christ is in us. And this happened because of the new birth, because of believing in him. So then it says here, verse uh, 10... And in accordance with this will, we have been made holy. Through the offering made once for all of the body of Jesus Christ, we have been made holy. You know, people look for happiness. They shouldn't look for happiness. You should look for holiness. If you have holiness, you'll be happy. If you have happiness, you may not be holy. If you have happiness, in me, it just comes and goes with the wind. It changes with circumstances and life. But you find Jesus, you have holiness. That's where your your new life. It's a new order. This is what happens to us, the Spirit of God. Verse eleven. Furthermore, every priest stands ministering daily, offering the same sacrifice. It's like the Barbie doll saying, "This is like every year the priest, that priest is offering, and then he dies, and his son takes over." And then he dies and his son takes over. The priesthood is in time. It's on the earth. But Jesus was not a priest on the earth. He wasn't of the tribe of Levi. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. And he wasn't a priest according to the law. He was a priest of another order, of Melchizedek, who had no beginning of life and no end of life. There's no record of Melchizedek ever be born and no tombstone with his name, Melchizedek, dying on a certain day. Christ has, in a sense, very much like him. He has no beginning and he has no end. That priesthood is a priesthood that's taking care of you and me. You might say, Pastor, what, what do you mean? Well, you know, there's gurus medicine men, shamans, there's mediators in our culture, psychologists, leaders, there are people, celebrities that people are are connecting with. Who do you have that's your priest? Who is the one that's going to take care of you? Who is the one who is your counselor? Who is the one that's going to care for you? Who's the one that loves you with an everlasting love? Who's the one that prays for you when you have trouble? Who's the one visits you in the morning? Who's the one that when you die, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What? Forever. Forever. Our priest. We don't need a medicine. Burning the peyote, or eating the drug, or burning. You have that. I think you got a modern version in our culture. There's somebody that 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 somebody that you need. Is it your girlfriend? Is it a human being? Is there somebody you rely upon? Is there somebody that you're depending on? Is there somebody that you go to your bank account? Is there something you run to to find your support or your crutches in life? Yeah, we have many entertainments, many counseling sessions, much on social media, a lot of different avenues. All of it is passing. But we have a priest. Not as the, not a man as those men. This priest has an immovable, unshakable priesthood. He ever lives for us. He is the one that will help you, guide you, speak to you, pastor you, shepherd you, guard you, protect you, uphold you, fill you, satisfy you. Satisfaction that comes from God. How, how can we connect with God? He is so far away. But God Almighty came into a manger so that we could be there and that he would be like us and that we would be like him. We are his bride, remember? We will be going to heaven and be his bride. And what's Adam and Eve? Their name was called Adam. In our name will be called Christ. We'll have his name, Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 19. Okay, I, I'm gonna finish, but this is so precious. Let's read it. I can, I mean, this is so good. I got you captive. I got you. Now you're not getting out of here. I sure as nobody leave. No, I'm kidding. Okay, verse, verse 13. Then to wait until his enemies should be made his footstool. Verse 14. By a single offering on the cross, he's completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. Verse 15, and also the Holy Spirit adds his testimony. This is the agreement in verse 16, that I will set up and conclude with them after those days. I will print my laws upon their hearts, and I will inscribe them on their minds. And he then goes on to say in their sins and their law breaking, I will remember no more. I've got to finish there. I will remember no more. I want to hit that heart. There are people that suffer because they think about their sins all the time. There is some one sin. I was in Budapest on Vatsi Utsa many years ago. There was a man from Holland. Yeah, and he was a young man, and he—he, he, I was soul winning, and I got to talk to him. And he said, "I just got out of prison." He said, "Why were you in prison?" He said, "Because I got in a fight and I murdered a man. I killed him in the fight." I said, "Well, how did it happen?" He said, "I was in a bar room in the Netherlands. I was in a bar room, and there was a there, there was a thing uh, that happened, and this guy started to fight with me, and he pulled a knife out and." we are on the street and, and 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 I got the knife and I killed the guy. And I said how long were you in prison? He said 3 years. And I said how are you doing? He said I cannot sleep. He said I see his blood on my hands every day. I, I I destroyed my life. I cannot get away from it. I cannot I cannot solve it. I and he talked like this and he was obviously in in struggling, struggling with what he was doing. He went as a tourist to Hungary to kind of get some, you know, get away and so on. I go, I go, I understand. I'm a pastor, and I want to tell you that can happen. That can happen in life. And God is in life. God is in everything. And God cares about you. He said, I cannot believe that. I go, yeah, it's true. We talked. And I said, you know, Moses killed a man. And David killed a man. And Paul killed a man. And this can happen, but there is forgiveness. And you are to remember your sin no more. You are Jesus who did it. Imagine, imagine, just get a hold of this, that Christ, who is God, takes our sins and takes them away. It's not just like a teaching, a doctrinal teaching, a, you know, oh that's nice, you know. No, this is serious, really serious, that God came into this world and he was fighting for us and he fought to the end. He fought and gave everything in the plan of God for you, that he fought for you to save you, he fought for you so your sins are gone and remembered no more. You know, sometimes it comes to me like I should say it more loudly and more clearly and more often. Your sins, I cannot remember them anymore. I cannot remember it anymore. This is the God that knows all things. Of course he knows it. Yes, no, but he has decided. In himself, I cannot remember it. I cannot remember it. Yeah, but God, don't you know, I cannot remember it. I remember your sin no more. I cannot remember your sin. I cannot remember the adultery. I cannot remember the murder. I cannot remember the lie. I cannot remember your bad habit. I cannot remember how deceitful. I cannot remember your sin anymore. I cannot remember your rebellion. I cannot remember what you did. I cannot remember your sin anymore. Amazing. Hey, here's a good question for Christmas. Who is Christ? If he is God, and he came for this, and where did that take him, and what did he do, and what does it mean to us? It means we are born of God. We are in the family of God, that God has made a family. He is a father, the father. We are his children, that he did this at high cost and very serious about it, and he did it. And he beat the devil. He beat him, and it was no fooling around. It was everything was out on the table. The whole thing was go for it. And he went for it. And he he tells us with the same spirit he will be truthful to you no chocolate. No chocolate. Yeah, who cares about the chocolate? Do you understand that what I did, who I am? Do you understand what I have for you? At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. Knock it off, drop it, just forget about that thing. You don't need it, I am for you. I'm not saying literally the chocolate, you understand that, I'm saying figuratively, there are things you drop it and get away from it. It is of no value to you and take it seriously, and Jesus Christ will fill you with the Spirit, and teach you who He is, and reveal to you who He is, and love you with an everlasting love, and you will be perfected one day, and will go to be with Him, and one day that will really happen, and right now in this lifetime, let us draw near one to another. Let's be close to each other. Now, I... This morning, this was fun. This morning, I put up a brood of vipers. Here's on the screen there. Okay, what is that? It's a pile of snakes. Why? Because Jesus said to the people he was talking to in Matthew 23 He said, You are hypocrites. He said, woe unto you eight times in chapter 23. He said, two times you are blind guides. He said, you are fools. And then he unloaded and he goes, you are a nest of eggs, freshly hatched snakes. Why Why that picture? Why? Because that there are parts of our society that are like that. And they're all in common. They all lie. They're all liars. They're all arrogant. They are together, the same spirit. And, and he said to them, that's how serious Christ was when he came into this world. He wasn't afraid. And he loved them. And he told them, you people, you're so far away. I'm heartbroken for it. But I'm so ripping mad. Wake up. You are liars, you are arrogant, you are foolish. You're a, you're a whole nest of snakes, and you know you like it. You like to be in that company. You like that. You like to be like that. You like to be evil. You're a den of thieves and robbers. You're you're cheaters, you're liars, you're adulterers, you're arrogant, you're proud, you're rich. you got billions of dollars, but you live like pigs. So, wow, that was pretty good language, isn't huh? it? Huh? That was pretty good. I got the same. I got the same attitude. Christ said, "Who is this baby in Bethlehem? He is the Savior of the world. He is God Almighty, and He talks to us the way we need it." And I want to say to all of us here, as we finish here, if you're in one of these groups, get out. Be born again. You say, "I can't get out." I. We say. Accept Christ, believe in Christ, walk with Christ, and you'll be free. You'll start to tell the truth. You'll start to love God. You'll start to walk by faith. And you'll start to say, well, I heard if you become a believer in Jesus, then you can't have sex before marriage. And we say, yeah, believe in Christ, and you'll end up living a new life that's a lot better. And so you can't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you do, that's God. This God, God knows how to handle you. But that's like the that's the illustration of eating the child. You'll be healed, but you just can't do that. And you go, oh no, 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 I can't do. That. I can't do that. And we say, yes, you can. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You, you, and I. And I'm not saying it to just you. I'm saying it to all of us as people. Listen. Christ came into the world for you. Christ makes a huge difference. Christ is the answer for our life. Christ is the only way there is. There is there is a human being made in the image of God, and if he dies without Christ, he goes to hell. Where is hell? It's a place prepared for the devil and his angels. It's in the Scripture, no question. Why is that serious? Because when Christ came, he came... Because he is fighting a great fight. It isn't pretending. It's a real fight for us. We are saved by his great work on the cross because he was a great person, a great savior, the only one and the answer for your life you like being a brood one of those in there? I don't. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Have you been with that company? I've been there. I've been there. I don't like it. I don't like it. I asked Jesus into my heart, and he came into my heart, and he changed my life in my heart and gave me something new. And that's why I'm with you folks today. And we hope that our neighbors and our people and our country and And everywhere and everywhere that people would find who Jesus is and have him in the conversation. Have him in your conversation tomorrow, Christmas dinner. Have Jesus in your life, in your heart. Not necessarily like all the words that you say, you're quoting scripture and so on. Excuse me, I don't mean that. I mean in your heart. When Jesus is in your heart, you're free. When Jesus is in your heart, you have peace. You don't have to prove an argument. You don't have to argue with people. You don't have to be crying about, about things in life. You just are enjoying what God has done by his grace, and he is for you and cares about you forever. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Let's get that picture down. Let's take that picture down we don't need that picture huh okay you pray with me maybe you're here tonight and you never made a decision might say I've been to church yeah great but have you made a place in your heart for Christ have you said to Jesus I give you my life I trust you maybe not but it grows open the door We don't want to make this difficult for anybody, but we want to say to every one of us, there is a way. It's not the way of man. It's the way of God. And say to Jesus, I need you in my life. Save me by your grace. I pray. Thank you, Lord. I believe you answered my prayer December 24th. 2023. You're in my heart. I walk by faith in you. You will hear me. You will help me. You are my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen.